this is our summer wrap-up, y'all. Yes, we're excited. Mm-hmm. Hello, summer. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and thank you for not hitting 100 degrees yet. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think today's session is a little bit of an unusual one in that it's impromptu. We were sitting here having conversations about all things, things wellness and all things growth. And we thought this would be a good conversation to share with our listeners. Absolutely. And there mm-hmm. were some great gems that you already spoke and we all shared. And we didn't get it on recording, but I'm sure it's going to continue <laughs> to flow. Yeah, we were like, yeah, go we'll... hit the record button. We have to record this because this is life changing. Yeah. I know for me it is, for sure. So those who are listening, we really, really, really hope that you have some takeaways and some things that in value that you can add to your life after this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we were, t- you were sharing that, um, the other day you decided to take a walk mm-hmm. and that this was life affirming, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people would think a walk life affirming. And, you know, that just speaks to the conversation, the larger conversation we were having about reclaiming space for us mm-hmm. and reclaiming space for you and recognizing that um, so much of what we do is driven by the demands and the needs of someone else, mm-hmm. you know, and. Can you share again what that what 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 made you decide to take a walk? Do you not walk all the time? Well, I used to, and I actually love all things nature, in particular, not walking, just hiking and just involving myself in some forms of nature. Um, so much more before I moved to Las Vegas. So I came from the East Coast and lived there for several years, and I had a lot of nature trails and um, just engulfing myself. Even my local backyard, if you will, was very therapeutic for me. Um, I remember I was speaking with a therapist some years ago when they talked about being planted and grounded. And sometimes they talked about, well, Alicia, when you're feeling very anxious or you're feeling overwhelmed, go outside, take your shoes off and try to find a grassy area or even if it's dirt, but grassy area and plant your feet to the ground to get grounded. And that was the first time I had ever heard of that. I'm like, what? You know, she said it didn't matter if you were at work, you know, at home, et cetera, if you were having one of those moments. And so for me, and not not necessarily not instead of taking medication or things of that nature, but she was trying to what I believe promote a more natural way of being becoming more censored or de-escalating yourself, if you will. So I used to walk all the time just in the morning. It would be somewhat of my meditation time, somewhat of my um, way of jumpstarting my day with a cup of coffee, if you will. Right. But when I moved to the desert area here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, which I love, I have tried to seek out other areas, which, you know, is different than the East Coast. You have a lot of greenery. You have a lot of more walking trails in this area. A lot of people are not doing a lot of walks, obviously, because it gets really hot out here. So that was my justification as to, hey, I can't do this. Right. So with that became habits where I was just used to just going throughout my day from nine to five, you know, just plowing through and work, sometimes not even taking time for lunch and things of that nature. Fast forward, bring it up to as of yesterday. I made the decision. I said, I get to choose. And, and these are things I'm learning because most times I would fill my space up with a why I cannot do something mm-hmm. and it becomes true. But if I change the pattern and say, you know what, or, or my acts and my thinking, my mindset, I can do. For example, I would say, well, you know what, I have this a meeting, I have this appointment and by the time I get done with this, I'm not going to have time to do. Well, sure enough, I would get through my day and I did not have time to do. So um, yesterday I was sitting there and Nikki's in the studio with us and she can attest to this. You know, she was like, she came into the office and she checked in. I ate my lunch at my desk, which I normally don't do, but I have been doing uh, more frequently within the last couple of weeks. So I ate my lunch and I said, hmm, it's a beautiful day outside. And I hear a knock on the door. Here comes Nikki. Nikki says, well, Alicia, what are you getting ready to do? I'm just kind of checking in before I leave the office. I said, you know, 
I think I'm going to take a walk. And she kind of looked. She was like, huh, okay. She was like, well, enjoy your walk. I said, yeah, I think I'm just going to put this stuff down, close up my little lunch pail, and I'm going to walk down Academic Mall and come on back. And for those who are listening, this is on UNLV um, campus where it's somewhat shaded and it's the most greenery, I believe, that you can really see on campus, you know, because you have your trees and a lot of nature fills that area known as the Academic Mall. By the time I um, started walking, it was somewhat of just a presence of ease, relaxation. I could literally hear the birds chirping. I can hear them communicating. I could see, you know, them eating their foods. And for some, they may be like, okay, whatever, weird. No, not involved. But for me, it was like, <gasps> I can inhale and I can exhale. I can breathe in that moment. Ooh, as I'm talking about chills coming up my um, arm. But for me, it was also being intentional about taking care of me and for what works for me and what I need to be okay and to feel healthy emotionally, mentally and spiritually is to engage in activities like that. So long story short, it was my um, first start of making a decision that I'm going to get back to things that feel me, that feed me, and that nurture me. And so it may not be every day, but it's going to be intentionally throughout the week that I'm taking those walks and reconnecting and getting grounded. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny. You, you hit so many points that I had, my soul, my soul, my yes. soul. So you talked about living with intention. Mm. Man, that is major. And you also touched on mindfulness mm-hmm. and you also touched on grounding. Like my my psychologist heart is dancing <laughs> right now. This is your thing. <laughs> like, I do a lot of walking too. I, the benefit of living in Boulder City is small town is a very, very walkable city. Mm. So I'll put music on in my headphones and I'll I'll be like I don't know, it's not disconnected, but I'll kind of be in my own world of my own creation and I kind of I'm able to center myself that way and work through my own like self-therapy that way too so i love it yeah i love it too i love and thank you also for talking about what grounding is yes yes, yes like yes. giving us a little synopsis you're, you you're the expert i'm snap, just, snap, I'm, just yeah. I'm just trying to learn myself <laughs> Me I, too. I lost my therapist i have to do my own therapy that's mm. what I'm, that's what i'm doing you know what i, I that, and that's such a funny thing that you mentioned it i feel like um in this role i am i know things i've learned things mm-hmm. i've picked up knowledge and skills from school but i'm not the expert on anyone's life i don't have to live the life um my job is to share with you what i know yeah so that you can live the life that you want and whatever your definition of happiness is and what looks good for you in terms of your life so i tell people i'm not your i'm not your guide i'm your companion Mm -hmm. i walk with you on your journey and occasionally i'll be like oh did you see that hole (laughs) yeah it's like you just have the experience of like kind of knowing what to look for and uh, like appropriately reading below the surface. You know what I was thinking too is we're having this conversation. Mental health um, month was last month, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's every month. It was, right? Yeah, it's every day, <laughs> man. These conversations should happen. <laughs> and I don't know why mental health has such a stigma, you know, like not positive stigma behind it, but I'm glad that conversations like this, it's, it's amazing to me because we spend so much time on physical you know, um, well-being, you know, you need to go get your physical checkup and you need to go do this. But we're we're a total being Mm -hmm. and your mental health 
It's so important because mm-hmm. I feel like when, when you're mental, when you're mentally healthy and nourished in good places, everything else follows that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Completely. you know, everything else follows mm-hmm. that. But for whatever reason, I personally just and maybe it may be part of my background and the culture that I come from, where it was not, it was a bad thing to feel not good today. It, it was mm-hmm. a bad thing to say, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not, you know, mentally well," and here's mm-hmm. why. You know, yeah. it was just you keep those things quiet, yeah. but. Yeah, that's that's, the, month, negative, but, that's yeah. the negative stigma you're talking yeah. about, the, the idea that because the emotions or mental places that we're in and we find ourselves in, we have been taught from early ages to uh, kind of like demonize those ourselves and like self-police in that way. So it's like, it's like, oh, I don't, we, sadness, bad, anger, bad, you know, fear, bad. We, it's always, they want that, you know, what becomes toxic positivity of, of like, all all good all the time all happy all the time and yeah. they they take that that i that like that healthful mind state of like being like connected with yourself and they gear it towards just like no just boundless positivity endless optimism but at some point you lose the reality of it mm. you know yeah i i think the the thing about mental health is first of all i consider mental health a gift to myself mm. yeah. <laughs> that is the highest form of self-love that's right this is true i view it like any other doctor's appointment that's i'm not right. out here trying to mm-hmm. take out my own appendix right no <laughs> i'm not no. you know if i have a cold i'm like can right. you tell me what's going on with this cold <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know so i i view mental health as any like an extension of any other form of health that's yeah. right like does that mean that I have to ride a dial with my therapist till we're 92. It's like a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Like, I don't see my doctor, you know, it depends. Mm-hmm. It, depends. it depends. If I have what a condition need? that needs monitoring, absolutely, I'm going to see my doctor more frequently. Mm-hmm. If it's just mentally just as well. Yeah. yeah. If it's a cold or something that's in a, in a transitional thing, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm healing from something, absolutely, I'm going to go see my doctor. So I see mental health that way. And, and to your point about emotions, I mm. think we have this really emotions. We have this thing where emotions are scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we feel like we're yeah. going to be overcome and f- go underwater with our emotional mm-hmm. state. Yeah. Um, so we, we regard certain emotions as bad emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And other emotions as good emotions. Yeah. And emotions are basically just our body's way of telling us something is our miss. Precisely, yeah. There is no, I love it. There is no good or bad. There just is. And, yeah. And the thing, and, and, and more to that as well, is like we, like we say, we kind of like pigeonhole those emotions and what they are and also what they mean. Like, because we're not, we're not really listening. We're just reacting. Ooh, you know, good. we're already in some kind of survival mode, some kind of nervous system Ooh. dysregulation. We're already... <laughs> Like we're already kind of like hair trigger to everything. So we're also, it kind of shoots us in the foot again because we're not able to um, see the bigger picture. It's like see that forest through the trees and all that mm-hmm. and be able to listen because we're, we're trying to do whether we know it or not is we just want to survive. We think we're in danger and some for some reason, one way or the other, there's a lot of reasons why for any person out there but it's because like you want to feel safe and for some reason the intensity of the emotion makes you feel like that is also attacking you and that's not the case but so you know i'm so glad you brought that up so why is that because it's how we're wired Mm -hmm. so i would love to do like a mini trauma tutorial (laughs) yes so here's the deal with us right 
human beings are wired to for protection and safety, mm-hmm. which means that we're particularly tuned to the things in our environment that are going to hurt us. Yes, mm. yes. Like imagine caveman goes outside, it's like, oh, what a lovely saber tooth. That's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and it's it's part of our earliest form of wiring. Mm-hmm. Wiring. It's yep. part of our limbic system. It's the lower brain. It's what comes online first. Precisely. What separates us from the animals is that we have a prefrontal cortex. We have a decision-making part of our brain, which is good and bad. Yeah. Um, it's good in the sense that um, we can make decisions, we can set goals. Mm-hmm. It's bad in the sense that we're not really as in tune to our our stimulus and our environmental centers as animals are. Animals aren't like, should I go? Should I stay? Animals are like... There's a food, I'm going to go. There's a predator, I'm not going to go. Right. Humans a, are like, mm, It's a bit more simplistic. Did I see a predator? Yeah. Right. I don't know. How big was it? Am I making it up? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it just scarier than I thought it was? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we can oftentimes rationalize ourselves out of our emotions. Yeah. I struggle myself uh, with intellectualizing my emotions because, for me, with my healing journey over the years, I had to first understand what I was feeling and what I had experienced and kind of bring all that into focus. And of course, with that, with like the knowledge and the logic inherent in understanding those things, I kind of would get lost in that sauce and, and I would say the emotions were there and I could recognize that that's what I was, you know, feeling, but I wasn't expressing them the same way or I wasn't kind of validating them the same way. Here's how we, here's why we should be kind to ourselves around our emotions Mm. because it's not just the biological things that happen. So first of all, yes, the biology, some of us are (laughs) pre-wired to be anxious or depressed or to have PTSD sometimes because of the experiences that happened even before we got here Mm -hmm. and the things that shape our brain. It's like a switch waiting to be flipped on. Mm -hmm. And all the stuff that's also like unconscious that happened to and around us before we could gain sentience. That's right. So there's the wiring and then there's the environmental factors Mm -hmm. that contribute. And then a lot of times the messages we receive around emotions were messages we learned not messages like babies aren't like I can't cry right now. That's right. Because right. someone might be offended mm-hmm. if I yeah, cry right now. Yeah, babies don't, no. don't have that. No, the someone taught us. Yeah, we, yeah. we learned to censor our emotions right. based on how people responded when we had them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were in a household where the people were always volatile, yeah. you're learning a message about that emotion. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You're learning a message about how your role is in the emotion, especially yeah. if you are a person as children, you you know, you don't have the same abilities to fight flight freeze your, your options right. are limited we're not developed that way yet. yeah your options are limited just because of your size and just because of your ability so we are always learning and then at some point in our adulthood we assume that we are the the authors of those voices yeah mm-hmm. and oh, we yeah. internalize so them true. no that's what it is because we so like true. our inner our inner critic takes on our voice that we have for ourselves but just because it's our voice doesn't mean that those were originally our thoughts yeah, or opinions is, but is it your voice yeah like right. five-year-olds are like i suck no like, is, it, is no. it your voice it's somebody else <laughs> well, uh, and, and to your point i remember first discovering that up until the age of like six or seven the way that um the 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 brain works and is developing is it does not and correct me if i'm a little bit off base here but our brain doesn't know that the problem when we are under distress or being punished or whatever is going on, we don't have the capacity to understand external factors that factor into why that is happening. We 
internalize things as the problem is us as we are. Like the problem is me. We're not even you know? cognitively fully on board until we're twenty eight. <laughs> like, like oh, twenty eight wow. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I was gonna say maybe Jeez. early early twenties. Maybe twenty eight. I think it's like twenty five or twenty six for yeah. women. Sorry about that. No, but, <laughs> no, dude, so the it's fine. Like thirty, right? No. Yeah, Alicia. When did you dis- When did adulting happen for you? When did you feel like I'm an adult now? Okay, so not to. I don't want to say go. No, I'm, I'm going to give myself permission to speak. There you go. At a very early age, not by choice, I felt mm-hmm. like I was forced to make certain decisions or to experience certain things that most adults experience um, at a later age. So for me, I would say in my teens, really, mm-hmm. like, so um, there were times, my, rest in peace, my mom, um, that my sisters and I would have to make decisions when we came home from school. And I can remember as early as maybe elementary middle school and mom wasn't having a good day my mother struggled she has some mental in, um, mm. mental um, um, health issues and back then they really didn't have diagnoses and things of that nature Mm-mm. to diagnose Mm-mm. and so there were times believe it or not when we would come home and there would be a note on the front door that say you know mom's not feeling well today food is in the refrigerator etc and she would give us a note in advance to let us know mm. um, what we needed to do and so at that time we would come in the house we knew the routine we would get our food she taught us how to microwave or to preheat it or you know the food mm-hmm. and making decisions okay what are we going to do for the rest of the evening make sure you do your homework etc but really that those were things and experiences that I felt like I was we needed to be more mature or wise right. yeah. about how we handle things because our adult figure at the time who was in the household with us wasn't feeling well mm-hmm. and so she did to the best of her ability but then it it is it in not necessarily intentionally, but then I started to show up in ways where no, we need to do this, or no, we don't need to do that, and mm. no, you need to behave like this, and you need to behave like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Very early on, yeah, you start kind of putting yourself, you kind of create these boundaries or this mold for yourself, and you start saying, well, this is this is for lack of a better term, this is what's appropriate, this mm-hmm. is yep. what's not. Yeah. Self censor. We, we yeah. were talking, you were talking um, previously about kind of we. Uh, we lose that that awe and that kind of that childlike wonder, and I think a lot of that gets lost when we're forced to uh, like take on adult like roles at an early age, and we start equating adulthood with like anything separating us from just the natural. Uh, enjoyment of life that we have in in childhood where we feel like all the world is huge and everything's in front of us and there's so many possibilities and we just kind of like for some reason people equate adulthood with like not now you have to fit in your box and now you have to conform to societal standards and this and that the other and it's like maybe we shouldn't lose that you opened a wonderful segue to a conversation yes so yeah so what is adulthood what what is considered adulthood and what were you told adulthood hit? It sounds like mm-hmm. adulthood mm-hmm. meant you had to take care of yourself. You mm-hmm. had to be self-sufficient. You had to strong. be strong, mm-hmm. you, which, is, which is an incredible lesson for a kid. I read this thing once that it said kids don't need to be strong. They need to be safe. Hmm. Exactly. That part. No, I read that. You know? I've read that as well. Yeah. So, and I didn't know that then, but no. I was told you have to be strong because, you know, your mom's not doing this or, you know, your dad, whatever the case was, you need to be strong. And this is this was, to me, somewhat of the expectation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't give myself permission. I didn't know then to use, you know, so to cry or to say I'm feeling sad, but it was no, this is what you have to do. You need to survive it. So that colored how you expressed emotions and how you understood emotions, mm-hmm. which reminds me, while we're on the subject i have some great book recommendations yes here she always has about. great book recommendations constantly so, taking notes 
my favorite book of the moment mm. that I just finished reading, actually listening to an audiobook, mm. is What Happened to You by Oprah Winfrey and Bruce Perry. OMG. Talk about a window to your soul. Mm. Talk about understanding how those formative experiences change and shape who you are mm-hmm. and how you move in this world and how you love in this world and mm-hmm. how you live in this world. So that's number one. Love it. Um, another book that I recommend, um, especially for you, Alicia, is, is My Year of Yes by Chandra Rhimes. Yes. That book was hilarious and fantastic and had taught me the meaning of of um make-believe friends <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing um and another book i would say is the strong black woman mm. i think it's Teresa hershey um because some of the pieces you discuss about strength and resilience are culturally specific mm. and are passed down from like there's, there's a strong black woman there's also the strong black girl mm. who's like a mini strong black woman yeah like so, in development like yes moving towards yeah and as you all know like Brene Brown needs to pay me money because I keep recommending her yes, stuff yes indeed I'd say <laughs> but, brand you're a brand ambassador for sure yeah I am mm-hmm. I am a brand ambassador so if you hear this <laughs> just know that if you have book sales in Las Vegas it's on me right so there you go. Um, The Gifts of Imperfection mm. was okay. a wonderful way to see myself through a different lens with mm. self-compassion and love by Brene Brown. So those are some book recommendations I say on the journey. Mm. But yeah, to get back to adulthood. So what adulthood meant for me in my um, Jamaican household, in which I was told I need to get hell out by that time I was 18. Yes. And that's me saying that nicely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> adulthood meant struggle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And bills. Yeah. Hard. And, and, and rough times mm-hmm. and, and grind and grind and grind and, and, and isolation yeah. and the, des- the dissolving of support systems. It meant being alone in the wilderness. Yeah. Oh, I like how you, you use know? these words al- alone, tough times, how you define that. Yeah. It, it, it meant that, that there was nobody for me but mm-hmm. me. Yeah. That, that hyper individualism you know? that we get, that we get fed from an early age is really just, really just, I don't know what it is, but it really just kind of, Again, it kills that that childlike wonder and like that sense of community that we're supposed to you know keep inherent to ourselves as human beings. Like yeah. I don't, and the thing is, is like we should all be self sufficient in in and of our like growth with ourselves. But I I feel it's horrible when we lose the touch of community and people get so wrapped up in whatever they're doing that. You know, we f- we really start to think that every man is an island, which is like that's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We're we're social creatures, and we all have we all as individuals may have different capacities or like social batteries for just how much uh, social interaction we can handle before we need some rest. But we all need it. Mm. Yeah, you know? we we can die from lack of love. It's, it's yeah. A- it's Heartbreak a is a real thing, yeah. It's a horrible inheritance. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, I'm, I'm right taking notes. I'm so sorry. Horrible. Between we can die from a lack of love. You, you know what's the thing that, that's saddest about it? Mm. Is that sometimes parents feel like they're doing something good for us mm-hmm. <laughs> by shoving us out into the wilderness. Yeah, like, you know, in the wild, like, go catch you a kook. Go yes. catch you an antelope. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like, uh, like. Mama birds shoving the birds yeah. out of the nest to flies. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't yeah. Know. And yeah. we come from a household where it was like, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Like, you know, my father got, Ain't bless got no him. Boots. Just, I'm like, wait, wait, say, I'm not ready yet. Ain't got <laughs> boots. And, and if you unpack that phrase in and of itself, you'll see that it was, in, it was, um, 
stated to point out the inherent absurdity of trying to do that. We, yeah. we, literally, it is an impossible thing. That's right. To pull yourself up. Yeah. Own that is a really, yeah. That is a really great point. And mm-hmm. so here the thing is we, we are conditioned to believe that loving your kids and providing them additional support is coddling. Yeah. That it's it's coddling. Mm-hmm. And and really what it is oftentimes is it's a byproduct of, of insufficiency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because we don't necessarily have the resources to keep feeding that extra person. Yeah. It's because we need them to help supplement the things that are going. It, it's and, and oftentimes we leave the nest. Yeah. Because we don't want to be an additional burden. burden. And that's we're right. made to feel like burdens mm-hmm. simply for existing. And I think that's like the, one of the biggest oxymorons in all of our known world because none of us have a say in our existence. Mm. None yeah. of us had any influence in being here. And and I and I wonder, you know, as a parent myself, you know, um, I'm sure the ways that I raise my child are very different. Mm. Probably in the best ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would assume that. Right the window yeah. us on that one. I yeah. agree. I my 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 job is to have his back. Mm. Yeah. My job is to have his back as he navigates this thing that is called life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and I am the roots to his tree. Mm-hmm. There you go. No matter. Yeah, he can he can fly, but just know the nest is still it's here. Still That's there. right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we got food in the nest. You're not right. you're not throwing him out of the nest. We, you we, know. we got yeah. food in the nest. You know, it's still here. We're still the the love doesn't leave because mm-hmm. often times we got to come back mm-hmm. i mean 2020 showed us that right like, yeah a lot of people flew out of the nest like hell well my wings are <laughs> right. tired i'm coming home yeah. now and and if you don't have a safe if you don't have a safe anchor how do you feel safe in the world mm-hmm. yeah no i struggle with that you know? my whole life likewise That's how i feel yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know i was thinking too as i was talking about you know being grounded and taking that walk i'm over thinking like what can i do next there are different things that i've suppressed and and mm. i think part of this there are different things that i've wanted to do that i have suppressed like i used to ride roller coasters and go to the amusement park and i'm like you know those things make me happy and part of it, i used to wonder like why do i feel like doing somewhat of like childlike things mm-hmm. and i think part of that is because i missed a large part of, or I did it. not get a chance mm-hmm. to experience it in its entirety, mm-hmm. that I long and crave to kind of get back to that. Part of me, I remember when I was in um, some therapy sessions, the therapist telling me something about allow the inner girl to cry. It's not mm-hmm. you as a grown woman. You think you're expressing yourself, but really it's that inner child mm-hmm. that yeah. never had the ability to really come to fruition. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, what is she talking about the inner child? But mm-hmm. really, I find myself now and now in my 40s saying, let me, I want to get some of those things that I actually enjoy were things that I w- did do in childhood or wanted to experience in childhood. Mm-hmm. Well, Who's, who said only children can play? That's yes, what I'm where, exactly. is, where is that written exactly. that only children can well, play? Are we taught that? Like, you need to be mature. You need to be, you know, yeah. that's childish. You should not want to do that. Oh, I'm too grown for that. I don't do that anymore. It's but, like, no. But but no. who says? Like, who says? Precisely. And who says? Yeah, I mean, and, and play is healthy. Play yeah. is time for you. Play is energizing. We model play for our kids. Who right. said? Yeah. I like who said like who said that has to stop? Oh know? no, you know that's yeah. the question of my 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 fifty something years now is who said? Right. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> who really? said I can't wear ponytails? Precisely. Like, who yeah. said I can't roller skate? Yeah. Other than you know the doctor with my hips. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's but, more so just being cautioned and not saying no outright. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. So why are we creating limitations for ourselves? Yeah. Based on some imaginary audience's rules. Precisely. Yeah. When you have your one life to live, mm-hmm. you have your one you to love, you will be with you forever. 
let her be happy, damn yes. it. Yes, yeah. I know that's a Let him be happy. Yeah. Like, I know somebody listening go. to this, like, they probably like, let me turn this up because yeah. you're giving, we're giving us permission and space let just be to happy. be. Seriously, yeah. why are you depriving yeah. you of joy and happiness and love? To what end? Right, right. Yeah. So you can say you were strong? Right. Strong and lonely? Right. Hello. Right. Strong and unhappy? Yeah. Strong and hungry? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, seriously, yeah. is that the truth? Man, man. uh, But something that that came up uh, in my kind of my research and readings and and inner thoughts is we don't age out of emotional needs. No. Look at you talking wisdom. We don't age age out of emotional needs. And so to your point of like letting your inner child out that felt stifled or whatever, that is like where – part of you got a little stuck Mm -hmm. because emotional needs weren't being met or recognized like that neglect is real and got internalized and you've been living with that while you've been growing. And Mm -hmm. so you can heal that. And then you'd be amazed how suddenly just like kind of like that light bulb moment, just and it'll, it it could happen for you. It could happen for anybody. I just want to issue one, one final statement is, my languaging. So I noticed just a moment ago, I'm like him, her, let's they, them. Mm. I just want to be clear mm-hmm. <laughs> that this language includes everyone and anyone. So please forgive my archaic ways mm-hmm. of not switching between mm-hmm. the necessary language, but let her, him, they, them, let all of you be happy. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. Your inner child has been through enough. Yes. Yeah. Stop making them suffer unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. By denying them the things that they need. Right. Give yourself the the grace and the patience that you needed that when you part, were younger that, that you part, weren't given. That yeah. grace. compassion, that love, yeah. that part. Yeah. And let's celebrate mental health um, awareness all year round. Yeah. It doesn't need to be excluded just for one month. This yeah. is an honor, I guess we can say, of Mental Health Awareness Month. But let's make sure we're intentional about taking care of our mental well-being every single day. Yeah. Every Three moment. Every five days a year. Remember, you matter. Absolutely. You absolutely matter. If you don't think you matter to you, know you matter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you exactly. matter. Yeah. We mm-hmm. will hold space for you until you can find space to love you back. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you all, everyone in the studio. Thank you for this. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. It's for the audience, but this, thank you. Thank you. We're all we're all doing some healing right now. That's right. That part. Let's heal together. For more Let's Talk UNLV, be sure to follow us on social media where you can get the latest updates on the show plus great behind-the-scenes content. We're on Facebook at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast, Twitter at Let's Talk UNLV, and Instagram at Let's Talk UNLV Pod.